is brought to you by Stanley, Glisten, and the Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here to help you with your home improvement projects. Let us help solve your do-it-yourself dilemmas. If it's a do-it-yourself job that you can't get started on, we can help you. If it's a job you don't want to do yourself and you need some help getting a good contractor to lend a hand, it's a great question for us. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit because we know the tricks of the trades to help you get the job done right the first time. What are you working on this fine fall day? Are you full scale on into the holiday season? Maybe you had a great Thanksgiving and now you're hitting the stores or maybe you're fixing up your house before the relatives show up in droves along with all of your friends and associates that need a place to stay and need a warm meal. Maybe you're working on your kitchen, your bedrooms, your bathrooms. Hey, whatever you're working on, we'd like to help. Give us a call right now at 888 888- Money Pit. Coming up this hour, could you and your family use a little extra space? Well, that spare bedroom or maybe a half bath could literally be right under your feet. We're talking about basement makeovers. We've got tips on how you can convert your basement into usable living space coming up. And they sound so nice in holiday songs this time of year, but frosted window panes, they can actually be the sign of a bigger energy problem. We'll share some holiday solutions to those frosted window panes ahead. And one look caller never has to fight common kitchen germs again. That's right. We're giving away a Glisten family of cleaners prize pack, including Dishwasher Magic. It's the only EPA-registered dishwasher disinfectant out there. The Glisten package is worth 50 bucks, going out to one caller drawn at random from those that reach us for today's show. So let's get to it. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's first? Marilyn, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you? We are a military family. My husband's in the military, and I'm a stay-at-home mom to five kiddos, and we homeschool. And basically, in the past when we've moved, we've always bought a house. And uh, basically, you know, thinking that if you pay yourself, it's better than paying someone else. Um, However, we're moving to Illinois this time, and the property taxes are quite excruciatingly high. (laughs) And um, we're just trying to decide if, it's better to buy or to rent this time. So do you know how long you, your husband, well, first of all, thank you for your service and your family's service. Do you know how long you will be in uh, the Illinois area? Well, it could be anywhere from two years to three, four, five. You never know with the military, you know? (laughs) Because, I mean, you know what the risk is. If you buy a house uh, and then it turns out you have to move again, if you can't sell it or if you if the market turns and it ends up not being worth you, what you paid for it, uh, you could get underwater pretty quick on that. And so in circumstances when you're in the military, I think a lot of times it does make sense to rent because the other thing is you don't want to have to move out of there, now need to carry two houses, maybe find yourself being a distant landlord to a property. You know, these are all difficult scenarios that you really want to avoid. Um, have you spoken with your accountant about the tax consequences of perhaps renting instead of buying? Because there may be some advantages there. We haven't yet because we just found out a couple of days ago. So, and you know what? You can always you can always rent first. Renting is a is a short term commitment. I, I understand that moving is is a hassle, but you could always rent first, get to know the area, 
uh, get more comfortable and, and then make a decision later if it looks like you're going to stay. You don't have to do it all in once. Okay. I guess my hesitation with that is that we have five small children, <laughs> so I'd like to move as little as possible. I would think that better off selling it now, putting it on the market now. Maybe you'll find a cooperative buyer um, who can delay the closing date until you guys are ready to move out. But I wouldn't want to find you stuck not being able to get a buyer running out of time uh, while uh, your family needs to move on to the new location. So I think a bird in hand is worth two in the bush, as my dad always used to say. So I would try to put that on the market now and hopefully it'll sell quickly uh, and you'll be able to take your time getting uh, to the new location. And by the way, um, since I can imagine with five kids, you find the house just chock full with stuff. The best way to get your house ready to sell. There's a great article on our website at moneypit.com about this, but conceptually, what we'd like to see you do is to try to declutter as much as possible, make those rooms look big and bright, because anybody that's going to buy your house is going to probably be moving from, say, another crowded house or a crowded apartment. You want to make sure it looks like your stuff can their stuff can fit in there. And then if you have any rooms that need to be repainted, just choose neutral colors for the same reason. Make it look open and inviting, uh, and that will help you sell the property as quickly as possible. Carrie in Alaska is dealing with a heating problem. It's cold there. What's going on? I live off-grid with a battery bank and inverter with a solar and generator backup to recharge batteries. Consequently, and I have a full electric house with propane direct vented furnace. My question is, will installing a drop ceiling improve my heating efficiency and lower my propane bill because my ceilings are like vaulted at 17 feet and a lot of the heat goes up so i'm just wondering basically a 12 by 24 foot area so carrie what you need to do is to not only put in that drop ceiling but to put insulation bats above the drop ceiling if you just put the drop ceiling in you will not have enough R value in that drop ceiling to do the job you needed to do. So I would build the drop ceiling, and then I would put probably at least 12-inch thick unfaced fiberglass bats on top of it. It should be plenty strong enough to support that. Just stacked end-to-end right above that ceiling. You're going to have to kind of put the frame in, uh, put a couple of ceiling panels in, drop some insulation in, and sort of work your way across. But if you were to put that much insulation above the drop ceiling, it will have a huge difference in your heating bill because right now you're spending most of that money to heat that ceiling cavity, and you've just got to keep the heat lower than that. Okay, well, that's that's good to hear. Yeah, I appreciate the help there. You're welcome, Carrie. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, it is the holiday season, and we are here to make sure that everything is in tip-top shape at your Money Pit. You're running out of time, guys. Just a couple of weeks left to the big holiday, so give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Up next are your kitchen cabinets looking grimy or drab. We'll have tips for easy cabinet cleaning after this. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. 
Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T, MONEYPIT. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, what are you working on? Pick up the phone. Let's work on that project together. The number is one money pit If you do, you'll get the answer to your home improvement question. Plus, this hour, we're giving away a Glisten prize pack. Now, Glisten, these guys are the machine cleaning experts. And one of the products that they have is called Glisten Dishwasher Magic. I've been using this because i got to tell you... After Thanksgiving, my dishwasher was a mess with all the grease and grime, and I really wanted to start clean again. So we ran the dishwasher magic just by popping it into the rack, running through a cycle, and now it's clean once again. We've got a package of Glisten products going out to you if you are the lucky winner of today's Money Pit giveaway. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. The package is worth fifty bucks, going out to one caller drawn at random. Make that you. Give us a call right now. Jenny and Marilyn's on the line with a squeaky floor. What's going on? I live in a one-bedroom apartment for 28 years, and um, 
I'm on the second floor, and the apartment above me is on the third floor, and there was a single family that moved in five years ago. And the floorboards are really squeaking. I called the office manager, and she told me they came and checked the floorboards, and she told me that they cannot be fixed. And I want to know if they can be fixed. Yeah, they can be fixed. Do you know what kind of floors are up there? They're um, just like plywood, like wooden floors. I mean, just... Are they, are they hardwood floors, by any chance? No, 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 no. Mm-mm. Is it, hard, is it um, plywood that's like under carpet? Right, right. Exactly. So I think the answer is not that they can't be fixed, but she doesn't want to fix it because <laughs> here's what has to happen. The reason you get squeaks in floors is because the board is either rubbing against the beam below or it's rubbing against another board if it's the case of mo- sort of multiple layers of plywood in this scenario. Or the nail that was used to drive the attach the plywood to the floor joist, sometimes the nail will loosen up and then rub in and out of the floor joist, and that will make a sound. The solution in either case is to re-secure the subfloor, and here's how that has to happen the right way. That is to pull the carpet up and then to go basically beam by beam and not nail, but screw the subfloor down to the floor joists below. Instead of using flooring nails, you would use, like, say, a three-inch drywall screw, a case-hardened screw. And basically, that will secure that plywood and everything below it down to the floor joists. Doing that in every room where it's squeaking will dramatically reduce the floor movement and hence dramatically reduce the floor squeaks. Well, I appreciate your time. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, we're hearing a lot these days about smart homes or home automation, but the question is, is that just the buzz of the moment right now? Or is it really something that you want to get in on? Well, you know, homes really are getting smarter in a way that's going to save you money and time and energy. And it's the kind of thing that's pretty easy to do. You can just tackle it one home improvement at a time. For example, if you start off with the easiest thing, let's think of easy ways to make your heating system smarter, and that's to add a smart thermostat. Yep, and a great way to do just that is with the Ecobee Wi-Fi thermostat. It's intuitively going to understand when to turn your heating or cooling equipment on based on your home's unique energy profile. It's also going to measure the weather outside and then thousands of other data points to make sure you're comfortable at all times. Oh, and then it might tell me I don't need to wear my sweater anymore. I love it. Now, you guys... You can actually adjust your Ecobee anytime, anyplace, right from your smartphone or your tablet or your computer. And unlike traditional thermostats that only measure the temperature at a single point in your home, Ecobee's, it's got remote sensors. And that's really going to enable you to monitor conditions in multiple rooms all on a single device. That's great, because that means you're not going to have hot spots or cold spots in the house. The Ecobee retails for $249. It's available at The Home Depot, the destination for smart home solutions and technology with a huge variety variety of brands and platforms, both in-store and online at homedepot.com. Now I've got John in Missouri on the line. John, what's going on? Well, I've, uh, I live in an old house uh, built in 1892, and it has plastered uh, walls. And I've got a, I had a leak this spring. I had a gutter overflow, and it got behind some flashing. And created, created what I call plaster cancer which is okay. this sort of crystalline stuff that grows out of the plaster. I mean, it didn't make the whole thing fall down. It's just this crystal. 
And I got the leak fixed and uh, tried to you know, scrape all that stuff off and uh, put a uh, sealer on it, quick sealer paint, you know, one of those right. alcohol-based things. And the, the cancer keeps going. It does, now it's blown that paint off. It's not as much, but it seems to continue. And I wonder if there's something you can do to uh, stop that from happening, short of tearing a whole plaster down. So the plaster, when it gets wet, there are sort of fingers, so to speak, that wrap around the lath behind it. And when it gets wet, it loosens up. This, this plaster is actually on brick. Oh, it's on brick. Okay. All right, strike that. So what else could be happening is if it's on brick and the brick got wet, the bricks are very hydroscopic, so you could be continually pulling more moisture through there. Are you absolutely certain that you've addressed the leak completely? Because it doesn't sound that way. It sounds like you've still got some moisture in there. There could still be some moisture in the brick, I suppose, but it's been super dry here in St. Louis since the end of July. And uh, this... I got the thing fixed uh, about the middle of July. Uh, all the all the the flashing on the it's on a bay window. All the flashing above that was redone, and uh, but it hasn't rained uh, pretty much at all since then. How big is the patched area? Uh, it's uh, oh I don't know maybe ten square feet. It's not huge. And that whole area is 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 breaking up and and forming these crystals. Yeah, well, it's it's doing this it's doing this crystal growth thing, which blows off whatever paint you put on the surface of it. I wonder if part of what you're seeing is the paint basically uh, disconnecting or delaminating from the plaster itself. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's the, this cancer sort of grows be- below the paint, but it's my problem is is it it's dried up now. I mean, it hasn't rained, so I'm, I'm, it couldn't possibly leak. It hasn't rained, and. And also, the, the thing is repaired. What I would do here is this. Is I would I would try to strip out all the paint that I could, and I would probably use a paint stripper to get whatever's left behind, maybe a gel-based stripper. And then I would put another skim coat of plaster over it, let it dry really, really well, and then I would prime it with an oil-based paint and then repaint it. Because I think the, the plaster is basically disintegrated in some respects, and I think you're going to have to do some partial rebuilding of that surface. Yeah. Okay. Well, because it's, you know, the plaster is this two-layer plaster. It's got kind of a, looks like cement, the base layer, and then it's got a real fine white layer that that's a, the finished layer. So just re- reapply that, huh? That's right. After you get rid of any loose material that's there, you really want to make sure you have a solid base, then you can put a new skim coat on it. Okay. All right. I'll give that a try. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Kimberly in Missouri is dealing with a noisy floor. Tell us what's going on. I have a section in my tile floor. It's the longer planks, wood-looking floor. That It's a tra- high-traffic area, and there's various areas on it. When you walk over it, it makes a popping noise. And it's not the same spot all the time. It's probably within they're alternating, you know, so that, you know they're not all lined up together. So, um, you know, it's probably eight to ten different areas there that will pop from time to time. So I don't know. And it's different times of the day. It's not every time, but when you're walking through an area, you don't particularly pay 
right where you're putting your foot every time you walk through, you know. So, Do you happen to know where the tile floor is on top of? In other words, what's the underlayment under the tile floor? Is it a double layer of plywood by any chance? It is plywood underneath. Is it right on the plywood or is there an underlayment? There is uh, a, a flooring underlayment underneath that because we had parquet underneath that at one time, and that's a solid plywood. And then they did put an underlayment board on top of that, whether it's a quarter inch or three eighths inch or whatever that is. Part of that sandwich, there's probably space in there somewhere. And it's the kind of problem that's not really structural in nature. And I don't think this is indicative, but it's super annoying. Yeah. One of the ways to solve this, and it's a, it's a little bit of a pain in the neck, is is by basically drilling out from underneath a section of the floor and then inserting a construction adhesive up into that to kind of close the gap. So, for example, if you had a hole saw and you set the, the drill bit on the hole saw to just barely be longer than the saw itself, you could essentially um, excise out uh, a hole of the plywood, a circle of the plywood, whatever the diameter of the hole saw was. Let's say it's two inches. You can take that out up against the underlayment that's against the tile, and then you could squeeze into that space construction adhesive, like a liquid nails or something like that. And that can flow in there and take up the gap and help solidify the area. But it's a very time-consuming, annoying process that's not always successful. So unless it's something that's really, really, really bothering you, I would probably just accept it. Okay. Okay, well, then we'll just chalk it up as character then. All right, Kimberly, good luck with that project. Thank you very much. Hey, converting a basement to living space can make your life a lot more spacious, but it's not for every home or for every do-it-yourselfer. Tom Silva from TV's This Old House is going to stop by to help you figure out if it's for you when the Money Pit continues. And This Old House on the Money Pit is brought to you by Stanley Mechanics Tool Sets. No matter if your project is automotive, recreational, or home improvements, you can rely on Stanley Mechanics Tools for versatility, durability, and to get the job done right. Hey, this is Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs, and I've just been told that Tom and Leslie might have a dirtier job than me. I find that hard to believe, but then I heard they work in a pit. That's a money pit, but still filthy. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home, by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And hey, are you getting ready to host holiday gatherings? Well, check out our Holiday Home Makeover Facebook Sweepstakes. It's going on right now for a chance to win three fantastic prizes to help you host in style. Yeah, and the grand prize is a Tranquility queen-sized mattress with foundation from bed in a box. It's worth $1,548. Visit Facebook.com slash The Money Pit and you can enter right there. Tell you what, I've got a bed in the box mattress and I have never slept better. You can win one, so check out Facebook.com slash the money pit to enter. John in New York is on the line with a fungus issue. What's going on at your money pit? Well, the thing is, I heard about your substance, uh, whatever treatment it was, it was called spray and forget. And I wondered if there was such a preparation for internal use in a house like basement walls. Okay, so what are you seeing in your basement walls? Well, I think I do have some um, dampness, you know, in the basement and uh, possible fungus, and I thought... uh, And so you would like to make that go away. And when you look at these walls, does it look kind of like white and gray and crusty? uh, 
you know, in some areas, and it's just a few places. Okay. So the white, gray, crusty stuff is not a fungus. It's not mold. It's not mildew. It's mineral salt deposits. What happens when a basement gets damp, the water evaporates uh, from the, or goes from the groundwater and it gets drawn into the basement walls and then evaporates out, and it leaves its mineral salt deposits behind. And I'll tell you, an easy way to prove that that's exactly what's going on here is grab some white vinegar, put a bit in a spray bottle, and spray it on that, that gray substance. You're going to see the salt like melt away when it strikes the vinegar. And you'll know for sure that's exactly what it is. Um, the only time you're going to want to use a mildicide, like a bleach and water solution in a scenario like that, is when you truly do have mold or a fungus. And that's almost never, it almost never grows on a block wall. It always grows on something that's more organic like a drywall or wood paper. The block wall, I mean, it's possible you can get mold on it because sometimes you get dust that sticks to it and the dust feeds the mold. But usually it's mineral salt deposits that's indicative of just a damp basement. What I would also tell you to do is after you get that cleaned up is to look outside your house and make sure that your gutters are clean and free-flowing and those downspouts are well away from the house. I'm talking like four to six feet, because that will stop a lot of that water from collecting at that foundation perimeter and pulling up into those walls. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. I appreciate your comments. You're very welcome, John. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, we all need as much storage as we can in our homes, or they begin to look cluttered. There's nothing like the feeling of a place for everything and everything in its place. Well, for the answers to these issues and more, we turn to Tom Silva, the general contractor on TV's This Old House. Welcome, Tom. Hi, guys. Nice to be here. So basement renovations can definitely pay off, but because they're below-grade rooms, they have their own sort of special set of challenges, right? They sure do. And I guess the first thing I want to say is, is it safe? And what I mean by that is it's going to meet building codes. Is the ceiling height good? Is the stairway to get you in and out of there safely? Uh, What about egress openings, like in a bedroom? If you're going to make a bedroom there, you're going to have to have a way out of that bedroom. Not out of the whole basement, but out of that bedroom. That has a separate egress entrance. So you really have to design with those core structural safety issues first. Right. And you may want to check with an engineer to make sure everything's fine down there. Yeah, good point. So if you are safe and you're going to start to think about your plan for design, uh, basement spaces are fairly dark, so lighting has to be a key consideration. Lighting is very key. Getting in natural light is hard in a basement because lots of times the house is below grade. Uh, What I've found over the years, we've done it a few times in a basement, we've actually tricked that by using putting a window, a full-size window in a wall, but light behind the window. Oh, interesting. So you, you think you're getting natural light, but you're really not. You have to remember to turn the switch off at night, though. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on a timer. Now, what about insulation? That's a fairly damp space. Uh, you want to be careful about the way you insulate in a space like that. How do you manage the moisture and get insulation there at the same time? Well, you have to worry about moisture coming out of that foundation, for example, because concrete is porous. Uh, and if it's not sealed right. So what I would do is if I'm going to use fiberglass insulation, I would nail some polyethylene against the sill and drop it down onto the floor or, or covering the wall and bring it out onto the floor, set up thy wall, and then put fiberglass insulation in there. The other option is to put rigid foam up or spray foam. Now, if you put rigid foam, would that go right against the foundation wall? I'd put it right against the foundation wall. There's actually, you know, there's actually a system that's called... Uh, in so fast where okay. you don't even need any two by fours in the wall. It glues the foam right to the wall and there's plastic studs in that 
and you're studded your wall and insulated all in one application. Wow, that's great. Now, what about the floor of the basement? You know, we often get calls from folks on the radio show that want to put carpet in the floor, mm. and I always cringe because I feel like that's a really bad idea because of the moisture issues again. Yeah, you got to worry about it. If you're going to put carpet in the basement, it should be a carpet that could be used outdoors, right. something that can really breathe and withstand any moisture that, that should occur. Uh, but if you're gonna, if you like to put a wood floor down, you want to make sure that you have no moisture coming out of the floor. Again, check it with plastic to make sure nothing collected underneath that poly. Use a vapor retarder or a vapor barrier over the floor before you put whatever you want. And of course, when we're talking about wood floor, we're talking about engineered hardwood yes. floor because you can't use solid hardwood, right? No, you don't want to use a solid hardwood. You could use a vinyl floor. They have the the basically it's a photograph floor that's about right. an eighth of an inch thick, and they stick together. And that's its own vapor barrier. Yeah, and those vinyl floors are getting better than ever now. Oh, they're beautiful. They really have done a great job with the design. So let's talk finally about the wall construction. Now, once you're uh, studded out, you've got to choose what type of wallboard to, to put up. Standard drywall, well, we always joke that contains mold food because it's covered with paper. Oh, yeah. What are, what's another option? Well, you can use moisture-resistant drywall, and they actually have an exterior-grade drywall. You've seen on commercial buildings, yellow drywall. It goes on the outside of the house, and it's great stuff, but it is expensive. All right. A recurring theme through this entire discussion is is moisture. you really got to manage that moisture. How do you know if your moisture is going to be a problem, and what do you do about it? What I like to do is take a piece of polyethylene, a couple of them, two by two, tape them to the floor, and a couple of them, and tape it in different sections of your wall. And then wait a week or so and go down and see if any moisture has collected behind the poly on the wall or on the floor. Okay. If it has, then you need to deal with it on the exterior, maybe of the house if it's your foundation. On the floor, you're definitely going to need some type of a vapor retarder on the floor before you do anything. Great advice. Tom Silva from TV's This Old House. Thank you so much for stopping by The Money Pit. Always nice to be here, guys. Good to see you. And This Old House is brought to you on PBS by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Up next, frosted window panes might look nice in holiday pictures, but they might also mean your windows need an upgrade. We'll have details next. You live in a money pit. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT. You will get the answer to your home improvement question. Plus, we are giving away a perfect prize for this time of year. We've got the Glisten prize pack up for grabs. Now, in this prize pack, you will find the only EPA-registered dishwasher cleaner Think about it. How many times are you using your dishwasher? you got a lot of people over, and Glisten Dishwasher Magic will clean, freshen, and then, of course, extend the life of your dishwasher. And it just doesn't stop at your dishwasher. We're talking about your washing machine with Washer Magic. There's even a microwave cleaner. It's a great family of products. You can find it at a lot of retailers, but check them out at glistencleaners.com. It's a prize pack worth 50 bucks. Going out to one lucky caller, drawn at random. That number again is one eight 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 money pit well, has this ever happened to you? You turn on the faucet to take your morning shower, and then you wait, and you wait, and you wait for it to get hot. Well, 
I got good news. If you're tired of standing on the cold tile and getting doused with freezing water, there's a brand new product on the market right now that I'm pretty excited about because it's just a really simple solution to end that hassle. It's called the Watts Hot Water Recirculating System, and it's really easy to install as well. Yeah, you know, with this system, you're never going to have to wait for hot water again because you'll have instant hot water at every faucet or shower, and that's going to save you water and money. Yep, and here's how it works. Basically, you have two parts to this system. You've got a pump and you've got a sensor valve. And the pump is mounted on the water heater. And it basically you use flex line connections, so it's pretty easy to do. And the pump also has a built-in timer. And then the sensor valve goes in a sink cabinet in a bathroom pretty much at the far end of the plumbing loop, so the one that's farthest away from the water heater. And now you have this loop that goes uh, through the hot water pipe from the water heater all the way to that last bathroom and then covers all of the plumbing fixtures along the way. So basically the hot water supply is then constantly recirculated so it never really cools down and you get instant hot water without any added toll on your water heater or without wasting all that cold water waiting for it to get hot. Yes, you're going to save some money, guys. We're talking about up to 10% on your water bill and that's up to 15,000 gallons of water each year and the system includes a built-in programmable timer so it will only only kick on when you need it. The Watts Hot Water Recirculating System is maintenance-free, extremely quiet, and installs in less than an hour using basic tools. It retails for $1.99, and it's available at the Home Depot and homedepot.com. Ray in North Carolina is on the floor. On the floor. You sound like me. Sorry, Ray. I'm reading what your question's about, and I introduce you as Ray's calling in from the floor. No, we've got Ray from North Carolina on the phone who's got a crack in the garage floor. Tell us what's going on there. Unbelievable. Um, we've had a very small, not unbelievable, but uh, had a very small crack since we moved in, which is back in 1996, and uh, it never really moved. And uh, we had a little earthquake here. I don't know if you heard about it, but it was a small little earthquake, that, the one that affected the, you know, the Washington Monument and all that. Yeah. Right? It did mm-hmm. uh, drag down here. But anyway, I don't know if it's really related to that or not, but um, there's been no cars in the garage because I've got too much junk, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, Join the club. Now the, the crack is, is now about a quarter of an inch to, in, in a couple of spots, almost a half an inch wide. And it goes from one end to the other. We're talking about like 17 feet. I don't know what to do. Well, first of all, the concrete floor is not structural in the sense that it's not helping to hold up the building in most cases. Well, and essentially it's right over dirt. Right. Yeah. Think of it as uh, a a very stiff type of flooring because that's basically what it is. Okay. Now, to fix that crack, you're never going to make it go away. But what you can do is seal it. And when you seal it, you stop moisture from getting in there, water that runs off the car, for example, in the wintertime, that could freeze and cause it to move more quickly. So there's a couple of products out there that will do this. I would take a look at a very basic and effective product called Quick Crete Concrete Repair. Basically, it's a crack sealer that's in a tube, like a caulking tube. And you cut the right. tip off. You try to keep it to about an eighth of an inch if it's a quarter-inch crack. You can fill that crack from one end to the other, let it dry, and then you could mm-hmm. put a concrete floor paint on top of that. And so that will make it very difficult for you to see, especially if you paint the floor and you use one of the products that has sort of a color chip in it, gives it a little bit of a pattern, and it makes it hard to see. It's not quite as obvious. So I would simply fill it, paint it, and call it a day. Very good. Yeah, it actually is painted now. And let me ask you this. The only other problem I've had in the past, real quickly, is that when I have tried to fill it, um, you know, if I wait too long, it's too high. 
and obviously it's very hard to sand down flat or level. Is this a, a self-leveling product? You know, can I just grind it down with a grinder? Well, it's not going to be stiff like concrete. It's it's a sealer, okay? I mean, it's, it's a repair okay. product. It doesn't, it's you. not like hard like concrete. But you basically want to put it in so it sits just below the surface. Now, a little trick of the trade is if you have a really deep crack, you can sort of stuff mm-hmm. the crack first with a backer rod or some other type of product like that so that the repair material stays up towards the surface. Okay. They have another product called a self-leveling polyurethane sealant. And you know, with that, it will definitely flow nice and even. Excellent. Well, I appreciate your help very much, and I enjoy your show. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Still ahead, would you like to clean grease and oil and fingerprints right off of your kitchen cabinets before your holiday guests arrive? We're going to share some secrets to some amazing results when the Money Pit continues after this. The Money Pit is brought to you by Glisten. Glisten makes it easy to clean, freshen, and maintain your dishwasher, disposer, microwave, and washing machine. So improve the performance of your appliances with cleaning solutions from Glisten, the machine cleaning experts. Visit glistencleaners.com. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, are your ceiling fans uh, sitting around doing nothing these days, maybe just collecting dust? Well, it turns out that those same fans that keep you cool all summer can actually warm you up in the winter if you know what to do with them. We've got tips on how you can tap into your ceiling fans for more warmth and savings right on the homepage of MoneyPit.com right now. All right, Molly, you're online. Post your question just like Amy did who writes, What product would you recommend for cleaning wood kitchen cabinets? They're a light white oak and are very dirty with grease, hand grime, and cigarette smoke residue. Thanks in advance Yuck. for your response. They must have just moved in because it doesn't sound to me like Amy would let her house get like this. No, it sounds pretty gross. I mean, what I would start in a situation like that, I would start with Murphy's Oil Soap, which is a pretty good, dependable wood cleaner. Now, the rule of thumb with Murphy's, though, is don't use excessive water when using it. If you dip the washcloth into the Murphy's and you wipe the cabinets down, you follow up maybe with a clean sponge to get the soap off and to get it to dry, that That's really all you need to do. Now, if you've got some really nasty spots on there and you can't get off, let me give you another trick of the trade, WD-40. It's got a ton of household uses, uh, but it works on a spot treatment basis as well. So if you've got some, say, maybe a grease stain or something like that, hit it with a little WD-40 and then more of that uh, Murphy's Oil Soap solution, and you should be good to go. I think they'll come out pretty clean if you follow that. But remember, not too much water. You don't want to ruin them or cause them to swell. Mm-hmm. That'll really do the trick. I mean, kitchen cabinets can get so grimy so fast. So this is a perfect opportunity for you to clean them. All right, next up, Kyle writes, I just recently purchased a home, and unfortunately, the previous homeowners were Michigan State fans. There's all sorts of green and white reminders of that throughout the house, including the landscaping, White rocks in the landscaping beds, and worst of all, the concrete foundation, garage floor, and walkways are all painted green. How can I safely remove it from the concrete without damaging the surrounding beds? Oh, that's hilarious. Well, go Spartans, or I guess more accurately, go away Spartans. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so you're finding yourself in this sea of green. I guess the best approach isn't to necessarily strip the old paint 
as it's almost impossible to get it off the masonry, what I would do is paint over it. And the way to do that is to first remove the loose paint. You're going to have to wire brush it really well. Then you need to apply a masonry primer. I use a really good quality oil-based primer from a real well-known manufacturer. And then add two coats of masonry paint. Seal it over. Go away, Spartans. It'll be done once and for all. Forgive me, I don't follow football, but didn't they have like a really good season this year? Yeah, but you know, too much of green is apparently not a good thing. Well, at least he could be on the bandwagon. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Thank you so much for spending this holiday weekend hour with us. We hope we've given you some ideas on improvements you can make to your Money Pit. If you've got questions and did not get through to the show, remember you can call us 24-7 at 888-MONEYPIT. If we're not on the air, we will call you back the next time we are. And you can always reach us online at at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.